Good morning, everybody. It is wonderful to see you all, all your smiling eyes. <laughs> so this morning, um, we're following the series on Advent. And Advent's a time for expectation. It's a time for preparation as we wait for, the, for Christmas Day, for the, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But it's also a time of waiting. And that's why I thought I'd like to focus my talk this morning on how we worship in the waiting. So that's the theme for this morning, worship in the waiting, as Sam mentioned earlier. And we've just heard Psalm 40, that's the, the key verses that I'm going to be using. Well, I've got a, a couple of quick questions for you. First one is, how, who has had a chocolate advent calendar this year? Has anybody gone for a chocolate advent calendar? The kids have. The kids have. We've got a few here. Okay, Does anybody, has anybody gone for a normal advent calendar? Wow. <laughs> Just a, an advent calendar of a different type. Uh, yeah. Some kind of, yeah, okay. Wow, there's fewer advent calendars than I expected today. Anyway, you're all familiar with the chocolate advent calendar, aren't you? And presumably you've had one at some point in your life. So have you ever been tempted to open a door early and eat that chocolate before yeah, you're yeah. supposed to. Put your hand up if you've ever been tempted to. Yeah. Right, okay. And I've given in to the temptation as well. Yeah, okay. And I have too. So I think uh, this is my daughter's, Anya's. So she's been really good. So you can see on here, she's only eaten up to door 12, which is today. So she's been good. Whereas if it was mine, I probably would have eaten right through to Christmas Day on the 5th of December. That's probably what I would have done. So, uh, and I thought. You know, this shows sometimes with chocolate, it's difficult to wait. You know, you want that chocolate early. And uh, we live in a bit of society where people don't really like to wait for things anymore. But I thought I'd have a quick look at some excuses that people have when they've eaten their chocolate on their advent calendar early. So I found, it, found three excuses. So the first excuse was, I was just checking that the doors would open. Okay. The second excuse is, I had to see if all the chocolates tasted okay. <laughs> and the third excuse, which is my personal favourite, is number six fell into the hole of number nine and it caused an annoying bulge. And I, and I had to make sure I rectified that problem. So a bit of a weird one, that one. But anyway, so, so that's a little bit about waiting. And as I said, our culture it really doesn't like to wait. You know, whether it's you order something, you now expect it the next day if you're ordering on Amazon. And uh, you know, if we want something, generally people say, "Well, oh, buy it on credit." You know, get it straight away rather than waiting until you've saved up the money for it. And that's what our culture is all about. And I know that things like waiting for chocolate might not seem a particularly important thing. So I want you for a moment to think about something that you're waiting for in your life that's a lot more important, something that's much more close to your heart. It might be something like a, um, you've been waiting for a new job. You might be longing for a new relationship or, a, or an improved relationship, maybe for healing for yourself or for somebody that you know, somebody in your family. Maybe for peace, where there's been anxiety. Maybe for provision. Maybe there are some prayers that you've been praying for a long time that you haven't yet seen the answers for and you're still waiting well the people of israel knew what it was to wait as well 
they had to wait hundreds of years for the Messiah to arrive. So back in, um, back in Isaiah, there's a prophecy which was about Jesus and the coming of Jesus, which said, for unto us a child is born. So it's a bit of scripture you might find quite familiar. For, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. So imagine what it's like when they had that prophecy. They thought, this fantastic Messiah is coming. When is he going to come? And they had to wait many, many generations. And this talked about a new sense of government brought by God. And the interesting thing was they were occupied by the Romans. So they were also longing for a time when they were not under the control of the Romans. They wanted to be free and have this new government that this Messiah would bring. And all through the Old Testament, there are stories of how they tried to solve the problems that they had themselves rather than waiting for God's timing. They tried to fulfil their longing through their own efforts and they had all sorts of mistakes. But the truth is that God was not slow. He wasn't slow for Israel and he isn't slow for us today. In 2 Peter it says, the Lord is not slow at keeping his promise. Because waiting is part of God's plan. It's something that God intends. It's part of how he wants to work in us. Because he is more concerned with our hearts and our character. And that's his ultimate goal, for us to be transformed. And waiting is part of that process. Although it's painful for us. <laughs> and we don't particularly like it. So let's move on to... Uh, the verses that we've been looking at today. So, these are the three verses that I really want to focus on. So, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, set my feet upon a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. This is a psalm of David. And what I'm going to do is now look at these verses and try and pull out different bits and pieces from these verses to try and understand what David is getting at here. The first thing I think that's interesting about this psalm is that it doesn't say the time frame. So that first line says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned and heard my cry. It could, could have been a day that he waited before God turned and heard his cry. It could have been a week. It could have been a year. It doesn't say. But Bible scholars, when they've looked into it, think that this psalm, Psalm 40, was written about the time that David's coronation as king. So it was written at the time that David became king. Now, 22 years earlier than that, David was anointed to be king by Samuel. So when he was a teenager, he was anointed with oil and told he would become king one day. But he had to wait 22 years before that actually happened, before that promise became reality. So his waiting was long. And during that time, he had some highs, but he also had many lows. 
Because during that process, for those who know the story, the king at the time, Saul, felt threatened by David. So he sent his men to kill David. And David spent many years on the run with a small group of friends. And they would hide in caves and other areas because they were being, uh, they were being persecuted. So it wasn't an easy time of waiting for David. We also don't know fully how God answered David's longing. It doesn't really say. It said God turned to him and heard his cry, lifted him out of a, uh, a slimy pit. Now we know that this isn't literal. There wasn't actually a slimy pit that David was in. So we don't know exactly what God did. But we do know, obviously, that God kept his promise that David did become king. But one of the things I've been thinking on is that I don't think God answered David in that one moment alone. It wasn't just that he became king. I believe that David's point is that all through those 22 years, God was faithful. All through those 22 years, through the highs and the lows, God was with him. God was faithful to him. God strengthened him, gave him courage to go through what was a very difficult time. So I think that David is saying that God's faithfulness went all through that time. So when God turned to me and heard my cry, that was probably many, many times when David was in a really low point and David called out and he knew that God was there with him. Because again, the point is that God used David's waiting to build David's character. And there's a, there's a preacher that I've heard speak a number of times called Trevor Yaxley from New Zealand. And Claudia's nodding because Claudia heard Trevor speak as well. He's a guy who again has experienced real highs in his ministry and his life, but also some real lows and some real heartache. But when he spoke, reflecting on those difficulties, he said, never waste a trial or a crisis because God is at work. He's working in our hearts through what we might think is a particularly difficult time. Moving on to another bit that I thought about of these words. We do know that David's waiting was patient because it says it in the first line, I waited patiently. And I thought about David's situation and his 22 years and hiding in caves because he was threatened. And I thought, if I was looking back and uh, wrote a psalm about that, I don't think I would say I waited patiently. I think for me, it would probably be I waited impatiently. <laughs> Does anybody re resonate with them as well? They might be a little bit impatient. So David was quite incredible by saying he waited patiently. But I think his view of patience is a bit different to mine. A bit different to what maybe we think of patience being. I think sometimes patience can seem a little bit passive, a bit boring, a little bit frustrating to have to wait and be patient. It doesn't really seem a particularly exciting or fun thing to have to do. But I think that David's waiting was not at all like that. David's waiting was not passive. So if we look at the amplified version of this first line, it actually says, I waited patiently and expectantly. So David wasn't just waiting 
falling asleep on a sofa. He was waiting expectantly. There was a sense of readiness about David. And then I looked at the dictionary definition of waiting, and it says, remain in readiness for a purpose. Like a train waiting in a station. It's fully ready for the passengers. As soon as they arrive, that train is going somewhere. It's waiting in a station. Not passively, not falling asleep, but waiting in readiness and expectation for a purpose. David also wrote many more psalms, and he wrote a lot of psalms during this difficult time that he had in these 22 years. And one of them is Psalm 27, where David says, Wait patiently for the Lord, be brave and courageous, wait patiently for the Lord. So again, I think that's a really interesting sandwich with wait patiently, wait patiently, but the filling in the middle is be brave and courageous. So David's words that he uses about awaiting is be expectant, be brave, be courageous. And that really key message that God wants to make you ready for a purpose. And that's what the waiting is about, to make you ready for a purpose that he's got for you. And then if we move on to verse 3, I love this part as well, where it says, He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to God. I think worship was a key part of the answer in this mix. It wasn't just at the end that David looks back and says, he put a new song in my mouth. I think, again, in all the difficult times, God would be there, present with David, as David was worshipping and calling out to God, and God would put new songs into David's mouth. And I love the way that when John Wilson comes and sings to us, he brings new songs that God has given him. And I am so encouraged when John sings. It's like David bringing a new song that God has given him. And I think the thing about that is that worship is essential in the waiting because it gives us a Godward perspective. It takes our perspective off ourselves and our troubles and our situation and it gives us a perspective of God. And it helps us to persevere in those tough times with patience and with hope. So I'm now going to give you a bit of a personal story. So I don't know whether you know who these two people are. This is, this is me and Emma on our wedding day. So when we were first going out before we were married, Em damaged her back. She slipped a disc in her back and had chronic back pain, which went on for many years. And when we got married on this day, one of the things we didn't know was whether M would be able to have children, because that needs a strong back. And with chronic back pain, that might not have been possible. So we longed for healing. And I remember one time when M was studying in Hull University, her back was so bad that she couldn't move for a whole week. She couldn't get out of bed. So I went over to look after her. And I remember in that really tough situation that we felt the presence of God with us. We, we felt a peace knowing that God was in control. Now the healing didn't come overnight. It wasn't an immediate 
click of the fingers and there, there's a healing. But over time, through lifestyle changes, through being really sensible and looking, looking after herself, and, and through healing, God brought healing into Anne's body. And the picture now is this one. <laughs> For those who, who know, we've got two fantastic kids. That is a blessing of God and what he's done in M's, M's life and in, in our life as a family. And I believe that's a key theme of Advent for us learning how to wait. It's not an easy thing to do. For us to learn how to put our focus on God when we're going through tough times. When we're longing for something, to trust in him for what he is going to do in our lives. And I think a key point is how we wait is shaping who we are becoming. How we wait is shaping who we're becoming. So just a few points to finish on. You're probably glad I'm near the end now. <laughs> so just a, a few things from my experience. A few keys to how to do this thing of worship in the waiting, because it's not easy. The first thing is to be real before God. I found that when I look in the Bible, it's full of real communication with God. In the Psalms, David would talk about his tough times. He would call out to God for the difficult things as well as the good things. And that's how God wants us to be with him. It's perfectly all right for us to call out and say that we're frustrated, we're angry. All the things that are difficult, God wants to know. Secondly, to remind yourself of God's faithfulness to you. Find something that God has done for you that you can thank him for, no matter how small. Because when we're feeling down, when we're going through a tough time, it can be difficult to, to find something to thank God for, but there is always something. The third point is, find a way to worship. Might might seem a... Um, I know, a fairly obvious thing, but for each of us, as Jungen said earlier, we respond in worship differently. Some like to jump up and jump around, others are more quiet and meditative in their approach. So in your tough times, find a way to help you connect with God in worship. I like to find a song that really helps me connect with God, and I'll listen to it over and over again. For other people, it might be being in nature finding a quiet place you can go to a nice, with a nice view that really helps you to connect with God. But whichever, find a way to connect with God in worship. And lastly, then it's up to the Holy Spirit. As you come before God, the Holy Spirit will work in your heart. And, and then as the Holy Spirit works in your heart, you'll be able to say that you waited patiently for God and God was there for you, that he turned and he heard your cry. Now remember at the start of my talk, I asked you to think about something important in your life that you've been waiting for and longing for that you might not have seen an answer to prayer yet. What we're going to do now, Jongen's going to come up uh, and lead us in a song. And I just want you to, as we worship together, put that thing before God. That thing that's close to your heart, that you've longed for for a while, that you're waiting for, just place that before God and let God come and meet you 
as we worship together.